Hey, what's up? My name is Andre Jick. Welcome back to the Ice Coffee Hour. On Wait. <laughs> Wait. Millennium wrong line. set. Again. My name is Graham Stefan. <laughs> what's up, guys? Uh, my name is Andre Jick. Welcome back to Millennial Money. I just sold all my Bitcoin. Yes. And, and I didn't take the offer on the house to go. <laughs> oh my the, god! The, the <laughs> kidding, house. Kidding. Uh, anyway, guys, welcome back. And also, this episode is sponsored by FTX. But more on that later. Because Jeremy dropped a bombshell on us. Okay, so Jeremy, you're selling a house. I'm considering it. Ninety percent sure. Why ninety yeah. percent? Uh, well, I think the market's been pretty hot. Okay. Um, I'm looking at it. I think uh, you know, mortgage rates are obviously continue to go up. I think we just hit five point two five on the thirty year. That's the highest wow. since two thousand nine. I've read. Yeah. Yes. So you higher know, higher than two. I believe that's slightly higher than 2019. I no, remember 2009. It's the highest since, oh, since 2009. 2009. I thought you said 19. Yeah, yeah 2009. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I know. And, and think about. I'm thinking about all the equity I could pull out of that right now. And uh, I'm definitely a little concerned about the real estate market. And and you know, I don't think this pace of increase is sustainable. A lot of stocks are way down, so I think I'd rather use that money in that. Now, when you say pull out some equity, you mean just like a HELOC, or do you no, mean no, just taking a loan? No, no, if you're selling out? it, selling it, and then obviously just you know the equity. Would you, you ever consider over. just taking out some of it, not selling it, just taking some? Not really. I feel like we're getting real frothy in the real estate market, so I feel like gains could be very, very limited starting this summer. Um, and you know the, the other potential is we could actually have a declining market. I'm not going to go as far to say that, but I just feel like, ah, man, I feel like we're so richly valued. I feel like properties are starting to get so expensive that I feel like the unaffordability is just getting worse by the minute. It almost seems like, and then you add on these interest rates going up, and I've seen the way you know prices have gone up here in Vegas. I'm just like, how sustainable is this for how long? Wages are not going up nearly as much as real estate's going up. That's an issue. Um, if you're thinking about long-term uh, real estate prices, what's the average home price so, at right now, Graham? Do you know? Four hundred. Four hundred? Yeah, it's a little higher, no. Mm -hmm. Wait, it's four, a little higher than four hundred. No, it's like four hundred one. It's oh. in the low four hundreds. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, what's your ten percent? You're not going to sell it. Why ninety percent? Uh, I, I want to hear you know what what they have to say about specific pricing, how fast they think it can move. And those sorts of things. So they're taking a full look at it. Um, the, the team is, is taking a full look at it uh, this, uh, actually this week. Yeah. Too bad so. you couldn't just give it to Zillow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know Zillow. Like, you know what you should do? This would make a fantastic video. Do an instant offer. Mm, if you're not going to do, do that, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. Offer. That'd be kind of cool. You, know, you have like companies like Open Door. That would be a fantastic video. Oh, yeah. Don't you take get it, Andre. My idea. I, no, I called it. No, no. You gave me the dips. advice on the house, so I'm going to try to sell it now. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know, because there's that trend uh, for car YouTubers. I took my Lamborghini to CarMax. Yeah. Hold on. My title is going to be Graham Stefan told me to sell my house. <laughs> That's going to be the title. I go Dude, for it. Yeah. that could be good. I like that. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not going to. Yeah. I like um, that. But, but I, yeah, my issue with your property, Jeremy, yes. I'm going to rail into it right now yep. is that it doesn't make a good rental it's like what do you do with it i think it's a yeah. fantastic house i love the location mm -hmm. it's in like the prime part of henderson i really mm -hmm. like the house itself mm. but if you're not living there yeah it, it doesn't cash flow as a rental yeah, and that's it's for like most of vegas your best case scenario is maybe breaking even like yeah wait how maybe. does it not cash flow you bought it like no four it, it or cash five flows years. but what he's i think for, well, the, for a buyer now like let's yeah. just say oh. if you were to sell it now right and, and jeremy even offered it to me i was like graham do you want to but do you have an interest and i looked at the comps it's like well i can't really rent it out to cover my cost it's just like i'd be spending money right. every month and it's not necessarily bad because that's what i was doing in los mm -hmm. angeles for the first few years i knew that 
I, you know, I, I'd be just basically break even every month, but over time I could raise the rents and I was bullish on that and it worked out. But now I don't know how fast rents are going to rise yeah. to, to overcompensate for that. Now, your only thing is that maybe more people from California want to move in yeah. and prices keep going higher because for people in California, they look at your home's values like, wow, this is a great deal. Los Angeles, this would be double this. And yeah. so they just, they don't care. Yeah, I, so. I I also worry, you know, because that's like a big bullish thing for Vegas, right? It's like, oh, all these people are going to keep moving here. But I worry about, like, we pulled forward a lot of demand. And that's something that happens in the stock market all the time, where a company might pull forward a bunch of demand, um, you know, because it's like a hot market or something like that. We had Rony Rona, where a lot of people moved. And I feel like a lot of these companies that I know of um, are going back to the office. For instance, Apple, for instance, is a great example where uh, Apple employees that maybe moved out are now being forced to come back to app locations. Mm. And from my understanding, that if you don't come back and you don't check in a certain amount of days, they'll, they'll fire you. I've seen You're that. Done. I've seen that transition starting yeah. where um, the executives want their workforce to go back into the yeah. office. So it makes sense if they could start that trend. It's more beneficial for them, but yeah, can yeah. they incentivize people? You think that's going to happen? Incentivize people as far as uh, what goes? Oh, like getting back to the office? Yeah. No, a lot of these companies are just like, they'll, they'll just fire you. So, um, mm. and for a lot of companies that do business international, they're starting to look at it and they're like, we got uh, Chinese workers a dime a dozen in terms of like the wages you have to pay um, compared to an American worker. And uh, the Chinese wor workforce is starting to be able to do very technical jobs that weren't done in the past. And so even a lot of these big tech companies, Europe, for instance, Europe, from my understanding, you can get engineering talent that is right on standard with the United States, but for like half the price. Now, how so, does that play into, you saw what's going on in Shanghai? Yes, the that's lockdowns. Crazy. Holy yeah. crap. How does yeah. that play into the narrative, do you think, with inflation, you think maybe becoming worse Ooh, with boy. supply chains? I'm worried about that. Yeah, that, that's obviously not good. And uh, in a time period where if you did have a slowdown all at the same time, oh man, and prices kept going up. You know, I did a video actually like literally an hour before this, and I was talking about the risk of deflation, not not right now, but potentially toward the end of this year or going into next year. Because I, I, was, I was bringing up an example, right? And my example in the video, one of my examples was like a standing desk, right? And so let's say you sold standing desks. Your business has been incredible for two years. You order all this inventory up. Obviously, uh, not as many people are going to be ordering standing desks now, right? And so if you are, if that's your business, right, you're going to have to start cutting price. That's the only thing you can compete on. Or you can start spending way more money as far as marketing goes, which also eats in your profits. So all of a sudden you can go from a very profitable business model to a, money, a company that's losing You're describing money. describing Peloton, basically. Yeah. yeah, and Peloton, the sad part is Peloton, compared to most of these companies, had a differentiated product. So they're like way ahead of what most businesses are. Most businesses are very commoditized, right? Um, but yeah, so so that that's kind of an issue. Not everybody's like an iPhone. So Jeremy, right? actually speaking of Peloton, I remember this must have been like six months or eight months ago. We were both talking about Peloton and this was when Peloton was so hot. Everyone was mm -hmm. buying into it. Mm -hmm. And you and I were skeptical and we said that it was kind of like the Bowflex of Oh yeah. Yesterday. Yeah. Is that how is the company doing since we've talked about it like from a year ago? Yeah, I mean it's it's fallen on a lot of hard times. Um and not just in terms of stock price, like the actual fundamentals, I know for sure. Um and I had a short position on Peloton, which I never open up short positions, and I covered way too soon, man. Oh wow. I covered way too soon. But but anyways, um when it comes to Peloton, the issue is everybody's going back to gyms. And a lot of those, uh, everybody thought like, oh, everybody's just going to want to ride these bikes and whatnot. And now they're just collecting dust. And and I remember we even talked about it. It was probably a few months ago. I'm millennial money. I think we talked about them collecting dust now and people putting them on Facebook Marketplace. And, yeah. and uh, you know, that's just the way it is. And um, so I don't know, man. But 
I mean, what do you guys think about the possibility of deflation? Not anytime soon, but let's talk about maybe in 23. Do you think that's at all a realistic possibility? You think everything's just going to keep getting more and more expensive? I think it's going to be until whenever supply chain really op begin opening up. Uh, okay. I can't see that happening anytime soon. Mm. I think we probably get another six to 18 months ahead of us, but I don't think we're going to see another 8%, 8%, 8% inflation. Yeah. So Graham, you disagree. Yeah. You're not going to sell a house with Jeremy. You're going to keep all your I'm houses. I'm selling a rental property. Right You're selling now, one right? of yeah. them. I'm selling one of them. Yeah. I didn't know about this. Well, so what? Yeah, no, we, I think we, we mentioned it last time, this. I think. Or I don't remember us talking about yeah, this. What no, so I had a rental property and uh, it was flooded basically the, the yeah. tenant came home and there's like you know half an inch of water all oh, at the back of the house yeah. yeah so i'm fixing it up and uh when it's all fixed up mm -hmm. i don't want to re-rent it like it doesn't make sense then to get another tenant i could um but Dude, i would rather just sell it yeah i figured your i figured out your kryptonite what is it water because water is terrible like cleaning up cleaning up water it gets it gets to the you know the little baseboards no, and so your fish tank out. your fish tank yeah. just recently kind of exploded or not exploded it didn't but explode leaking. yeah the seal on the fish tank split a little bit and yeah there's 35 gallons of salt water on the floor now thankfully we were able to strap the tank together yep i got in touch with everybody everyone's been so helpful by the way so it's like this is one of those like just a random unfortunate event it, you know i don't know if this could have been prevented or not mm -hmm. but everyone so far involved has been like so helpful and trying to at least remedy the situation so now we got to what do you do to make sure that doesn't happen again getting a metal brace around the aquarium ah does uh, that just like you suggested jeremy so in most tanks <laughs> you see like the bottom has just like this lip around it and the top has a little lip around it this one i didn't want that because i wanted it so when you walk into oh, the house be sleek. it's clear mm -hmm. yeah so look in it looks like you're looking through fish in the living room like that's how i wanted it but um that comes at the slight risk. Now, this shouldn't have happened to begin with, right? But for peace of mind, it's like you know, I'm gonna put the little rim around the top. It'll, yeah, you know, not the mm -hmm. end of the world. Yeah, I don't think I told you the time we um, fed the fish. Um, Enzo hopped on the tank and was hanging off of it. Do you think that was a bad thing? That that probably didn't. <laughs> How long damage was he hanging it. on it for? <laughs> oh, it was probably max of like a couple minutes and just doing some pull ups and stuff. Just that, standard. The, the tank should be able to withstand that. Okay. Yeah, because he's yeah. not that. He's, <laughs> that's how much true. did he weigh? hundred pounds? Uh, no, like seventy. Oh yeah, that's fine. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no but, big deal. Yeah, no big deal. No, that's crazy. But yeah. you, so you're selling that property. Why not continue to rent it? I thought about it. Okay. Yeah, I thought about it because because uh, the rents are about. Mm, two two grand a month okay. right now, and uh, I was renting it up until now, basically at eleven fifty. I'd never raised the rent on that property wow. for ten years because wow. the tenant was awesome, and uh, I figured, why not? You know, zero hassle, always paid on time. I really, I really like the tenant, mm -hmm. um, so I could re-rent it. But I think at this point, I just I don't want the hassle, and I don't. Mm. Want, it's just I don't know. I I feel like I've got enough in real estate. I would like to take money out of that area that I feel is probably way more sensitive to interest rate increases yeah. during a time where the property's remodeled. Now, if this tenant had just moved out and the property needed to remodel anyway, I just rent it out again. But the fact that everything is fixed up in the property and like I'm getting new floors, I'm getting new bathrooms, mm -hmm. it's like that's the time to sell it. Yeah. Before someone moves in and has lived there again. So How would you reinvest it? Um, let's say you have one week to reinvest all that money. What do you do? Oh gosh, a week. Well, if, if you had told me six months, I I'd say probably buying a bigger multifamily. I mean, that's my goal okay. at the end of the year is to buy like a big, I'm talking like a $10 million property, um, that could be managed, uh, 
by like some professionals and, and really you. go, that's what I really want to do. Yeah. But if you told me a week, index funds. Index funds. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Not Bitcoin? No, Not you know what? I wouldn't mind putting like 10% in Bitcoin Ethereum. That's fair. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. Real estate, because here we are. I'm thinking about selling a property. Graham is as well. Our old compadre, from my understanding, sold a lot of his real estate. I don't know how much, but a lot. And then you, Mr. Andre, are, have bought a real estate property. I so you're going to against, be fair. To yeah. be fair, I didn't buy it when interest rates are at 5%. That's anyway. true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I bought it at 2.7%. So yeah. this is the tough part point. right now with comps. Because comping uh, my property is is kind of difficult because you're looking back and you're saying, okay, these these sales have occurred for like $30,000, $40,000 higher than mine. But they took place two years, uh, two months ago when interest rates were significantly mm. lower. Mm -hmm. um, we're not going to see the impacts of interest rates today probably for another one to three months. Okay. Because anyone right now is probably locked in a week or two ago. Not not everybody, but you mm -hmm. know, some people are locking in now. And it, it's going to be like this weird in-between for the next few months where we don't know what the real impact is. Yeah. Now, you could obviously see mortgage demand that that's declining a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, and refinance demand has declined a lot. Mm -hmm. yep. But it's probably going to be another few months, I think, until we see the impacts. But I do think that this opens the door for certain properties in certain locations for sellers who kind of panic, be like, I want to get out at the top of the market or who think that way. And you're able to go in there and get a good deal and right. negotiate because interest rates are higher. Yeah. So maybe that means you could finally scoop up a good deal. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and Andre, I know in your situation, you also felt under-invest in real estate. Yeah. So you want to get more invested. Yeah, I figure inflation is going to continue worse than people think. Okay. I'm, I'm on the inflation camp still. Okay. So yeah. are you saying like, um, do you think month after month we're going to keep increasing or do you think that in, in terms of like the the increase in rate so let's say eight and a half no, percent then we're nine no not necessarily 10%. increasing no okay. uh i mean maybe mm. but at the very least holding steady okay. because i think these um fed increase rates fed uh federal interest rates uh to uh, the federal fund rate mm -hmm. is not enough to fight the inflation that we have going on especially when you combine it with the fact that we have the war in ukraine which is an inflationary pressure yeah especially when you combine it with uh gosh the lockdown in shanghai mm -hmm. And supply chain still not going well. Yeah. When you combine it with the demand and with millennials coming of age needing to buy a home, mm -hmm. I don't see inflation coming down anytime but soon. Don't you think that those some of those things are temporary? We're not going to have yeah. lockdown oh, oh, forever. Hundred percent. Hopefully, they are we're temporary. not going to have a war. Hundred percent. So when you take those things out, I think long term they, it might not be as bad. Yeah, I think if you can take anything in life and say everything's temporary. Like, how mm -hmm. temporary is it? I, I don't yeah. know how temporary it is. It could be the next three, four years temporary. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I point. seem to think it'll be a multi-year uh, so temporary. You, yeah, so you think the lockdown will be for over a year? You think the war No, might, not the yeah. lockdown. No, no. What do you think is going to last So over speaking a year? of the war, by the way, did you guys see um, what happened? Uh, actually, who put this out? It was a newspaper from, I think, like the British Times or something, or the London Times. Uh, it was about May 9th. So in Russia, so I was born in Russia. Uh, we have a holiday uh, called the, um, like just Independence Day, basically, mm -hmm. July 4th, but for us it's May 9th. Mm -hmm. um, it's, uh, a lot of people are speculating that Putin has to finish the war by May 9th because it was oh. to commemorate the victory over Nazis mm. uh, for war, World War II. And so a lot of people are speculating that Putin has to kind of solve it by May 9th because a lot of people are going to expect for him to announce some victory, mm. you know? So, because he's doing the denazification thing, right? Wow. So it's uh, it's going to be interesting. May 9th is going to be a day to watch out for. Mm, uh, okay. But yeah, 
uh, speaking about the lockdowns, no, I, I think they'll continue, but I don't know for how long. But I don't mm -hmm. think that's the biggest that's the biggest uh, catalyst for inflation. What I mean, it's just it one of many. It's just one of many, like I said, mm -hmm. from demand, from yeah, uh, supply chains, everything. No, uh, Graham, I know you keep up usually really well with savings account rates. Have those started to move up recently? Or man, no, oh, no. Man. <laughs> you know what? I think the only savings account that increased, I think it was Wealthfront. Okay. But I'm looking at Ally. Usually Ally is one of the, the I don't want to say they're the first to cut rates because they pay well. Yeah. But I know when when the Fed was reducing rates, within 48 hours, Ally was there with that email. Yeah. We're sorry to inform you that we are lowering our interest rates. I'm like, yeah. they have not done a single thing. Wow. And I'm nothing. And it's online banks that are usually the first. Yes. Yeah. I don't so. know if it's, part of me, you know, Maybe this is the time to finally make a little money. I, I don't know. I don't know why mm -hmm. they're not doing it. You would think well, that they would do it to be more well, competitive. The but way, maybe people the way that it. I understand mm -hmm. it is is they have no incentive to increase it until other banks start increasing it. Then they start mm -hmm. competing with each yeah, other. Then they increase the rates. But if if people are fine keeping their money in their savings account, why would they increase it? You would it? think mm -hmm. that then that's like a backdoor agreement that they're making. Like, hey, guys, let's not raise <laughs> rates right now. But yeah. Let's just enjoy it for two months. And <laughs> also, Because otherwise, one bank, all it takes is one bank to be like, hey, right. let's do it. Let's get mm -hmm. some customers right now. Hey, we'd love to thank FTX US for sponsoring today's video. We do appreciate you, FTX, as always. If you're looking to buy Bitcoin, Ethereum, other cryptos with no fixed fees, you can do so by using our first link in the description down there. They're also one of the largest exchanges by volume, and you can actually buy NFTs and sell them for free. Plus, you could track over 10,000 different cryptocurrencies and NFTs all in one place. And uh, it's fantastic. The link is down below in the description. And make sure you use our referral code MMFTX to essentially get a free coin with your first $10 purchased in any cryptocurrency. Yes, and their debit card is accepted throughout millions of merchants worldwide. So speaking of crypto and FTX... Down below in the description. <laughs> Andre, you made a video about Bitcoin. <laughs> you made a video about I was Bitcoin. waiting for the camera transition. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> anyway, speaking of FTX, you were making a video about Bitcoin hitting a million that I actually yeah. watched. I found it incredibly interesting. Yeah, it is interesting, right? Uh, a couple people, and by a couple, I mean some of the wealthiest and I would say most intelligent people, mm. some of the billionaires, really believe this crazy theory that Bitcoin's someday going to go to a million. And by someday, I mean as early as 2030, just eight years from now. And I think on the surface, it sounds like a crazy idea. But if you look at some of the possibilities behind how it might happen, uh, it might actually happen. Because normally people look at like market caps, right? Which for the longest time I used to as well. Mm -hmm. And the way market caps work is, which by the way, Bitcoin's market cap right now is like $800 billion. Uh, the way it's calculated is it's taking the last known sale price of Bitcoin, which was whatever, $42,700 at the time of making that video multiplying it by the current supply, which is about 19 million coins, mm -hmm. to get the implied value of $800 billion. And so to get to uh, a million dollar Bitcoin, we would need to have a market cap of roughly 20 trillion. So then people take the logic of, okay, well then we have to roughly 20, 20x the market cap. But the false assumption is that that's how much money is in the ecosystem, but that's not true. We don't need an extra, whatever, $19 mm -hmm. trillion dollars to get to a million. We need substantially less. Like if you look at the stock market, for example, Jeremy, I know you know this with yep. stocks and PE ratios and multiples. And mm -hmm. so 
for example, Apple's uh, market cap's like $2.78 trillion, right? Uh, and that's not how much money Apple is or has, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's not how much technically it's worth. Uh, it, its price is not its value. Yeah. And so, um, and the way again is same, same exact principle. It's taking the stock price, multiplying it by the outstanding shares in total yep. to get the 2.78. But people pay like 28 times multiple to, mm -hmm. to invest in Apple. Mm -hmm. And so it's a kind of a similar math that happens in crypto. Yeah. People expect what's going to happen. Like, do you guys remember when, when Tesla bought $1.5 billion worth of uh, Bitcoin? Mm -hmm. Well, they did it at the end of 2020, but the world didn't know about it. That's when, that's when they started tweeting about it. That's when mm. Elon asked Michael Saylor, is it even possible to buy a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin? Mm -hmm. But that's when the rumor started. The price started to kind of go up. But by February, it was February 7th or 8th, I believe, is when the SEC filing came out and became mm -hmm. public. That's when the price was at like 43 or 47,000, whatever it was. It was mm -hmm. more than double what it was before. Yeah. But again, $400 billion did not flow into Bitcoin in a short amount of time, yeah. like in a month. It's mm -hmm. just impossible. So you would need closer to like 10%. So it's estimated that maybe 10% of the market cap is actually how much is inside of the Bitcoin ecosystem. Mm -hmm. So instead of, you know, needing 20 trillion, we might only need three to four trillion dollars. Yeah. Which is kind of interesting. So 100%. over the next eight years, it's possible then having a bunch of catalysts like institutional buyers and, you know, yeah, sovereign funds yeah. and ETFs, all that stuff. Doesn't that also assume, though, that the market stays the same, but people aren't going to be like actively selling this off when it hits 100K and like a whole bunch of Bitcoin is going to flood the market all at once or we hit 500,000, like we hit these big milestones. 420.69, I bet so many people have <laughs> their limits set to that price. That's going to be a tough one to overcome. No, that's a great question because people have been bringing up that same point for the longest time, mm -hmm. like since $20. They'd be like, what happens when Bitcoin hits $1,000? How much Bitcoin is going to be sold? What about $10,000? Like the, uh, That's a great question. I don't know how the market's going to react, but that's that's been a concern since the beginning of Bitcoin, and it's never something yeah. that's been putting the price down. It does seem like down. there's always a bit of a retracement, a retracement when it hits these like 10x milestones. Because remember when it hit about 1,000, it dropped eventually back down to like 300, 400, hit 10,000, dropped back down to three. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised. Let's say it hits 100. That's when it's going to be And then it goes back down to 30. Yep. That could happen. Uh, you know, maybe. But, that that yeah. could absolutely, probably will happen, yeah. especially mm -hmm. at 100. That's when yeah. the psychological barrier yeah. comes into play. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's, so. it's interesting. And uh, yeah, you, you hit it on the, the nail on the head when it comes to like stocks, because all you need is a lot more buying pressure in an asset than selling pressure to get an asset to go up in price, right? right. If, uh, you know, all the hedge funds tomorrow decided to buy some $500 million market cap, they could easily spike the price hundreds of percent in a matter of minutes, right? It's, if they really want to put that sort of buying pressure. It's all, based on my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, Jeremy, it's all based on the liquidity. Yeah. That's really what yep. it's based on. Because technically, like hypothetically, let's say you were like, I'm going to buy one Bitcoin for $100,000 right now. Mm -hmm. Just just because I can. No, mm -hmm. you know what? Let's make it simple. A million dollars. I don't mm -hmm. know why I'd spend a million dollars right now <laughs> on Bitcoin, but just because I can, I'm going to yeah. do that. Well, temporarily for that fraction of a fraction of a second, you would have spiked the market cap mm -hmm. up to $20 trillion because that's the last sale price. But the reason <clears throat> we're not seeing market caps fluctuate by the second on exchanges is because they're taking the average of the last known sale prices. They're not taking like the last, last single one. They're just aggregating the data across all exchanges, averaging them out, right? Mm -hmm. 
Well, what also is going on is is most people are, are selling at like 42. So right. there's a bunch of orders in for se- so you can't even buy a million because your order is going to still go through at 42 because there's right. a bunch of sellers out there. How does that work? I'm curious sell. because I have made mistakes in the past where I put in a the, I've, I've mixed numbers around and I put in like a high price and it goes through immediately. I'm like, oh crap, I just overpaid for this. Does that mean that one person received my money way higher than they should have? They placed like a limit order and it just they got my money? Yeah, I'm curious. So with the fractional shares come into play, does that stock get split up into fractional shares or is that as a unit that just gets sold off in, in like its own batch? Yeah, that, that goes through the actual brokerage who's doing that. Right. So they're the ones that kind of splitting up. They'll hold like the one share, right? And then they'll split it up. Um, so you'll own that fractional share through the brokerage. But, um, but don't, they, don't they sometimes scalp off the top if they see an order come in and they match it? They give you what you want, but mm. they could kind of skim some off the top. It's not like they're going to be giving that profit to somebody. I think yeah, he's asking about the yeah. difference between the bid and ask. Yeah, let's, say, let's say the price of Bitcoin is $24,000, and I mistakenly put I want to buy one Bitcoin for $42,000, and I click it, and it's instantly sold, gone through. Yeah. So I overpaid, double. Yeah. So where does that extra money go? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't want to... You know, that, that, that's a that's a because, kind of scary yeah. subject because then you could blame the brokerage Pre- or the exchange for well, that. Presumably, but I don't know, the you know. the broker would keep it right. Like that's, that's the bid and because yeah. if there are, there, are, but yeah, I guess so. That's it the would, bid and ask prob- spread. That's the yeah, that would yeah. be the spread, and they would just get that excess spread, right? right. From whatever someone's willing to pay. That's a great yeah. question. I don't know how they would break that yeah. up. If there's like some some regulatory, yeah. like plus, you, you can't take above a certain percent. Plus, that, imagine that people have their orders set for like I'm only selling selling a tenth. Right. Does that get split up between the people that wanted it then? I don't know. Someone in the comments, I guarantee, knows the answer. I'm sure. Yeah. And we'll comment. The plumbing so system is very complicated. Well, in, in stocks, yeah. that doesn't happen. You know, if I put in a bid to buy Apple stock right now, 300, it's not going through at 300, it's going at 171 or whatever Apple stock's at right now. So you don't even have to worry about that. Um, crypto, I don't know. You know, that's kind of Wild yeah. West with crypto, exchanges. I always and put in my price. Yeah. It's, it's, it's cheaper just to put it in price. Typically, I'll do it way under. Mm-hmm. A little like you know, thirty bucks under on Bitcoin or whatever, and hope yeah. it eventually hits. But every now and then, I I type in the number mm. and then I click it, and then in between the time I typed it in and clicked it, the price is down like a hundred dollars, and then I just overpaid. Oh, you know what's yeah, an actually yeah. interesting technique I've seen people do? They'll set a buy price like a limit order for mm-hmm. Bitcoin at like let's say fifteen thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and if Bitcoin ever like flash crashes yeah. for just half a second. That mm-hmm. just gets scooped up. But that also means you have to have cash on the sidelines ready to go. And it would be locked up. Right, for however long until you cancel right. it. I have a few on Ethereum, by the Do way. you really? Yeah. At what price? Oh, gosh. Uh, like a few dollars. I mean, it's, a few it's, dollars. It's, it's hey, it's something, that's something. It's something stupid, but I placed the wrong order a while ago and never canceled it. Like, imagine if you put a $100 limit buy order, right, mm-hmm. at a dollar, $2 for Ethereum. And whatever. Let's say there's some system failure or glitch on some exchange. <laughs> you just bought a 50 yeah. right there. That, that Didn't that happen? That has uh, happened Yeah, when before. it went down to like 20-something yeah, and it just that's went before. right back up. Yeah. Some people got oh. very lucky. Yeah. yeah, inefficient markets, uh, newer markets. The problem is, is oh. it's kind of like the price is right. You can't go too low because if you put in a buy order at five and it falls to six, it's the $6 tier ones that get filled and yeah. not yours. Well, it's a crazy thing with crypto. It's such a new market. There's so much inefficiency. And, and uh, Sam, you know, the, the one who founded FTX, that w- 
that's how he made a lot of his early fortune, if I recall, because there was an inefficiency in something like uh, one exchange would have a different price than this exchange, yes. and he was kind of the middleman there and ended up creating a great business model from inefficiency basically in the crypto market, yeah. So, which is crazy to think about, right? And I am all for it. I think he's providing liquidity. Not only is he giving demand to the one with lower demand, mm -hmm. boosting up their price, but he's also giving more liquidity to the other brokerage mm -hmm. who doesn't have it. So I, yeah. I just think, yeah. Yeah. yeah, arbitrage is kind of interesting because like on the surface, it sounds kind of like sketchy, but it mm -hmm. actually makes markets very efficient and, yeah. and better. Yeah, something Bitcoin's going to have a, a problem dealing with, though, is obviously manipulation long term. And I know there's already been talk about that. But, you know, if, if you were to talk to gold investors, silver investors, for instance, they will talk your head off about manipulation and how they're, you know, they're always being manipulated and people are buying it, but it's not moving in price and things like that. And so uh, believe me, like I'm, I'm sure... Bitcoin will have to go through this whole manipulation cycle about have, being held back and whatnot. Have you talked to like AMC or GME or GME? Oh yeah, that, that's <laughs> GME all GME investors. The, of the stock difference manipulation. in yeah, the, the difference between those groups though is those are like new groups like GME, yeah. AMC. Those are yes. very very new groups. Gold and silver. Some of those people have been investing that for five, ten, yeah. fifteen, twenty years, right. and are convinced that. You know those markets are manipulated. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, every yeah. gold person I've ever talked to is 100 percent convinced. Yeah. Yep. So you know. All I'm going to say is don't be surprised if that ends up happening with Bitcoin over time. And maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't know. Oh, it's we'll still see. happening. It's And it's going to keep happening. But mm -hmm. also gold is a 10 or $11 trillion market cap. So Something like that. Yeah. You know, ideally, as Bitcoin grows bigger, it's going to be harder and harder. Mm -hmm. That's why some people keep actual physical gold. Yeah. Which is, I know, one of the reasons why Kevin O'Leary sold a bunch of his gold. Because he used to be a huge gold person. Mm -hmm. And then he realized, wait a minute, this asset that's supposed to be earning me money is actually staying flat. And it's costing me money. Yeah. Like, think of how many investments you could make that are going to end up costing you money just to maintain. Yeah. Like the storage fees, you know, making sure mm -hmm. your gold is safe. It's, it's keep costing it at your house money. under the bed. Yeah, yeah, but then that comes with liability yeah. and risks yeah. of theft and all this. So... It's like people that invest in gold, if, if you want to not be, you know, holding an asset that's manipulated, you have to hold physical gold that yeah. you know you're in control of. Yeah. But then that costs you more money. Yeah. I'm thinking about buying a lot of silver. Really? And a silver ETF. Yeah. I'm thinking like, like six figures worth. Okay. So, so, okay. You're a great person to ask because mm -hmm. I know nothing about silver. Yeah. I've never heard the, like the the case for it like what's yeah what's i mean a lot of the case is going to go similar to gold right okay. you're going to have real actual like you know there's a lot of products out there that need silver let let, let me be the grandpa and ask you a simpler question yeah why would you invest like if i told you invest mm -hmm. in bitcoin your argument used to be well why bitcoin why not like the billion other ones right yeah so if I'm going to take that same argument, why not buy gold? Why buy the second best? Yeah, I know. Uh, so you could make an argument that I'm making a bad decision and I should actually buy gold. Uh, you know, but anyways, I, silver has more real world applications of like products, semiconductors and things like that that need it. Gold obviously is jewelry. Um, but no, the, gold, gold could be used for electronics, too. From my it's a great yeah. Conductor. From my understanding, they always use silver because gold's just so dang expensive. Right. So I, I, I don't I heard it's, a, it's a decreasing market share. Like it's it's going yeah. down. It's yeah. So, but I mean that, that's kind of just a small case. But if you go back to nineteen, like let's say nineteen seventy two to nineteen seventy eight, you know, and you go back to some of these these periods that we had of of maybe much higher inflation, silver performed great during those periods. Gold performed great during those periods, and so. I always think like, it's just funny kind of in the financial markets, like everything has its time to shine, right? And that's just what I've consistently seen. Right now it's real estate. 
That's it's had its time to shine. Uh, a year or two ago, it was growth stocks, right? It was Bitcoin. In, in Bitcoin yeah. in, in crypto, right? Then it's also now it's like value stocks and like safety stocks. Like, why aren't you investing in safety stocks? Like, that's where people are making right. money or not losing money. Um, and silver and gold hasn't had its day. And it almost it did feels in the seventies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It hasn't had its day <laughs> and, in a while. And then, did, then again in two thousand nine. Yeah, yeah. And I went through a kind of a boom cycle, but it hasn't had its day in a while. And so it's due. That baby's <laughs> so you, due. Do so you think just because it hasn't in a while, it has to again? I, the finance. That's the way the financial markets work. Everything has its time to shine, Dude. and every time everything has its time to just get beat down. You know how I'm equating gold and silver? It, it's the same way that people think. Like in in crypto, there's like cycles, right? Sometimes mm -hmm. it's Bitcoin's moment to shine, like you said. Sometimes it's the altcoins. Mm. So it's like silver is the altcoin equivalent to gold, mm. or it's like when people can't afford or they think. You know, gold is too expensive. It's it's easier to multiply the value of silver just because it's a smaller Jeremy, asset. I'm, I'm trying to think, like, what would cause this to go up in price beyond just wild speculation for no reason? Is Do you expect <laughs> that there would be, like, a, a demand for silver? Is no one like, seeing the hypocrisy yeah. that we're, the conversation of what we're having? We are so, using the exact same arguments against, like, our picks. Mm-hmm. And then we're just we're like, well, go, but Bitcoin, it's not just speculation, but you can say the exact same thing. Like, why would Bitcoin go up in value other than pure speculation? You could say that about literally anything. Well, I, I think if people lose faith in the dollar okay. and they want a global store of value, I could see Bitcoin being that because you don't have the the storage costs. You don't right. have the transaction fees. No, we get it. I, yeah. yeah, we get it. No, but, 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 but for silver, it's... but I'm trying to understand for silver, like why... <laughs> Why? Well, I, a lot of I people that's that's been around for a lot longer than than Bitcoin, I know, obviously. But why? And so, why, why the so way that I, I the way that I understand it is every generation has that asset class that they it resonates with, and for us it's maybe crypto, and I think for older people it's gold. Just to be fair, gold and silver have been around a lot longer than your yes. parents have been around. Right, been right. A big thing but, for but, a lot longer than why, that. But why silver? Like what research leads well, you to like? I think it's a diversification play. Uh, one, you know, let's imagine uh, a scenario. And, and once again, this is like six figures is uh, not to sound cocky, but that's like a smaller amount of money for me. Right. So <laughs> it just is. It, I mean, you know, we're not going to say it the way it is or what are we going to we got to pretend <laughs> like this is again. like a lot of money. How about this, Jeremy? Give us a percentage like you're investing. What percentage? Of a low money? percentage. OK, very low percentage. Point zero one percent. Is it? Well, could low be like under 10 Yes, under 10%. If it's How six figures, you? it's under 10%. Like, what kind of question is that? How dare you? Oh, my gosh. Or 5%? A small percentage, okay? So, anyways, when it comes to this, it's a diversification play. That's kind of the way I view it. It's like you own some real estate, you own some crypto, you own some stocks. You own a little silver. You own a little <laughs> silver. Stack of silver. <laughs> Dude, oh, that's gosh. that's so funny. You, like your thought process. This is a, such a fascinating human study to me because, like, mm -hmm. the way you justify every like, I follow it. I get mm -hmm. it. I I'm not saying I agree with it yeah. or I resonate with it, but I understand it. Yeah. But it's no different than someone being like, you gotta own some Bitcoin. You gotta have some Ethereum. You gotta have some Doge because 100%. memes are never gonna die. But we have those same arguments against each other, and it's just so funny to not watch people really. bicker back and forth because the template of like what people don't agree with is the exact same against yeah. every asset. I, could, I, I mean, I see, I see, I see that. It's just, it's silver. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, it's it's Dogecoin. I, why would you, I don't know. Mm. Like, do you know what I'm saying? But some people yeah. get yeah, it. But I, I don't, I don't, you know. Or some I, you guys are saying Dogecoin's the same as silver. 
Well, yeah, it's a wow. Place. Yeah, okay. not not in the same like well, it's well, not here, the same asset. A, I'm saying it's the same concept the, of like the alt version of the primary asset. Here's the question asset. for you, Andre. Would you rather a hundred thousand dollars in Dogecoin or silver? Silver. Oh, thank goodness. Really? Yeah, I would. Aye, aye, aye. Oh gosh, that's a tough one. I don't know, man. Especially right now, hundred percent. I don't know. I think the potential is probably. I think there's more potential in in. Dogecoin, not in silver. Not silver. When, I think is safer. Yeah. Like if if I want the safe play, then I know I'm not going to lose fifty percent. If we were silver. risk on again, then my answer would probably change. But we're risk off right now. So yeah. But when we're at risk off, now's the time to buy stuff like like Dogecoin. So you heard it here riskier, first. Graham right? saying go all in Dogecoin. You heard it here fo- oh, first, man. folks. Which of course you could buy on FTX. <laughs> yes. Down below in the description. It was all a ruse yeah, to get to on FTX. We want to lead it back there. I just remember oh, I've gosh. got Dogecoin now. I got a free Dogecoin when I bought Bitcoin in FTX US. How how crazy is this that Graham and I swap places? He's going for Dogecoin. (laughs) I'm going for silver. Jeremy. See, here's the thing. We're all confused. I think with silver, I put, when did I buy silver? I I put 15 grand in silver, uh, I think two years ago. It's done like nothing. Mm-hmm. Then absolutely nothing. But I, I did that because it was uh, whilst everyone was on it on Wall Street bets. I thought, why not? Why not? I may as well. I put fifteen k in there for fun. I just kept yeah. it. Um, Wait, so it, it's flat? It didn't even like keep up with inflation? That's about. I mean, nope, it's up it's a little bit, but big yeah, time. silver's done nothing. It's like wow. up yeah. probably thirty eight percent in the past five years. Yeah. So it's just been so a, it's a bound. Lag. It's wound up behind the scenes <laughs> any day any now day. because, day. because yeah. it's done nothing. Jeremy's like the but, guy who goes onto like a, a roulette table yeah. and he's like, oh man, it's been red is me. 10 times that in a row. Next be one's got to be black. <laughs> That's my strategy and it always doesn't work. But Dang. you know what? Like I no. could see for you, Jeremy, putting maybe 20 grand in silver. It's not even worth for, my time. But for It's f- not even worth me hitting saying, the button. For fun. And then you have That's the, not fun. the bricks that you could stack as a decoration somewhere and it's cool. Like that's what I would do, or or better yet, you buy uh, bricks of copper, and they look really cool, and they're really cheap, and they're heavy, and you can just mess around with I it. Can't a copper? Yeah, what? copper. Oh, jeez. <laughs> tin foil, man. Yeah, you get your tin foil hat. I just. Uh, okay, so okay, I, we're we're goofing, but like seriously, oh, yeah. what's what's the I what's guess. The what's, the, me, what's the play? What's the play? The play silver, baby. Convince it's silver. At what price and sell at what price? What's it going to be? Convince oh, us. You, you hold it. You hold it. You buy it. You hold it. Okay. For how yeah. long, though? <laughs> you know what's going to be funny if it actually goes on a, <laughs> an epic run. <laughs> we should and we're like, see. silver hasn't moved in 100 years. How's this thing just. Dude, we should see 7, like, like a month from now or like a week from I, now to see which one did better. It's got to be a no. year. You can't. Yeah. I, I don't think anything I, you I pick know, right I now. Yeah. Probably realistically, I would say three years would be a good gauge, maybe three to five years to look back at That's this. That's fair. Anything could happen in a month or a year. But no. I think. Yeah. yeah, and gold and silver. To be fair, you know, if we want to bring it back to logical arguments, that's always safe havens. You know, where people like to hide out money. So it always has that kind of going for it. Which obviously, if you you guys, uh, you know, you look at Bitcoin as a safe haven, right? Mainly because it's done well, right? Yes, but think of how. And if it hadn't it done so well, Bitcoin. I don't know if you guys. How, how would... easy is that going to be for you? you? Got bricks of silver. No, how you don't have to buy bricks of silver. You buy a silver ETF. <sighs> Oh, you're, you're buying silver to, ETFs. Yeah, you're not you buying can, physical silver. No, you don't have to buy physical silver. No, but you're buying a lot physical of, silver. A little bit, but oh. if I'm going to make a big position, I'll do ETF. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's so know. much cooler to have a hundred thousand of silver. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. No, for sure. Cool. But it's going to be multi, multi six figure position. No, Is it really. You no, know, we'll see. We'll see. I, I don't want to talk it up too much. We'll see what happens. <laughs> what? 
We'll see. I might not even buy it. The price might spike now, and I'm like, ah, I'm good. We'll oh see what happens. Felt but it, it, so says the guy that buys cars every other week. <laughs> These are good investments. Oh, my gosh. They're not good investments. Because we're in a bubble, an economic bubble right now, Graham, does not mean it's a good investment. Goodness gracious. I think there are certain things that are limited that they're not making any more of. That for a, you, you don't understand the collector market. Oh Jimmy. come on! Do, do you come see? On. Do you see come what on. I have to deal with? This come right on. here. We are going through yeah. the exact same <laughs> argument templates. Like silver, I don't get that. But cars, <laughs> let me tell you about that. <laughs> Great because, you store know what? Of value. Because cars, because cars spark an emotional connection with someone that you cannot get with silver. With with a car, I agree. You can't like if you get a bar of silver, it's not like wow that bar of silver is. Perfect Reminds me condition. of my childhood. That's a, yeah, that's a <laughs> mint condition bar of silver. I want one of those. Guess what? They keep making more of those bars of silver. And yeah. there, there's another one that's always more mint than, than this. But a car, on the other hand, is just... But Graham. But Graham. <laughs> another company could make the car again. Like yeah. I mean, the GT40 <laughs> is a continuation. That may be the only car. But but then... So the GT40 is a car that... No, I, I, I think... That that's not a good investment unless people, someone wants to pay a premium to get to the front of the line. That's right. it. But but I think some of these discontinued cars. There's a reason Grim. why '60s Ferraris and the McLaren F1 and the original SLS. It's it's Mercedes so funny because if I was Viper to, GTS, like yeah. the hypocrisy is hilarious because I could say the same thing about Pokemon cards. I'm like, dude, my Pokemon <laughs> set has appreciated, and it's like, yeah. Well, it's like, well, can't they print more of them? No, because they were released in 1999. Like, I, between silver and Pokemon, I'd rather Pokemon. I, I mean, I know. I, I'd, I'd rather like a like a PSA 10 Charizard, yep. first edition, than, than silver. I, I think agree. if if you are multi six figures in silver, buy a really good Charizard card. Dude, seriously and though, just, yeah, because you're like already those. kind of you've dipped your toes in. Yeah, it. and I'm gonna probably buy more base sets. In the Would future. you consider buying an actual like PSA 10 Charizard? No, I want to just buy unopened boxes. Why of base sets? Because I feel like those are just uh, they're gonna pop off any day now. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's in a while. That's the next hot play, ETF baby. Of it. <laughs> oh my goodness, Jeremy's so, like because I want to sell dreams. Yeah. Here's, here's the thing. Yeah, no one's gonna care about your physical cars in 10 years. We're in the metaverse. Your physical cars don't matter. It's all about the digital car. I want your four GT in NFT form. Wow, that's what's going meta here. Yeah. No, so here's the thing: I would not be surprised if one day there's a four GT in the metaverse that's worth more than the real four GT. <laughs> I'm, I kid you not. I would not be surprised. Do I think that's sustainable? No. Yeah. But I would. Here, I, but I think one day that will happen. Here's a more realistic yeah. scenario, Jeremy. What's gonna probably end up happening is people are gonna convert their physical assets into digital ones by destroying the physical one. You can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade or at least grab an extra latte. After getting a Chime checking account with features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe, no minimum balance requirements, and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com goals 24. That's chime.com goals 24. Chime, feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Does Whoa. that make sense? So they'll create an NFT. So if you want to NFTify your car, you'll have to destroy it. Whoa. Does that make sense? That's way So you converted, uh, you converted yeah. its, its form from physical to digital. And that's how you preserve its scarcity. Because you could but print as many digital ones on, as you want. You'd have to get everyone on board on you that. You wouldn't have to get everyone on board. If you want the actual legit NFT that has proof that it's now destroyed and it's on the blockchain, that's possible. 
You don't have to do it to your physical one. It's, that it's would be the, baller. It, it, right? Yeah, that would I be mean, baller we could, move. You could start with something small then. <laughs> <laughs> you start with your car, Andre. <laughs> hey, hey, okay, yeah, so I'm getting a car, a new car. Ooh. Yeah. What are you getting, Andre? I'm getting, uh, don't laugh. Uh, what, what year is it? I think it's 2001 Mazda Miata. Because Jack bought one. Oh, yeah. the trendsetter. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Cool. It's so cool, dude. It is. Okay. So are, is it going to go up in value? What? Uh. <laughs> no. So a week ago I drove uh, the Lambo STO, the Ferrari 488 and the Porsche GT3 RS, right? Like crazy supercars down the track. Mm-hmm. And it's so much fun. It was ridiculously expensive. I paid like two grand. Why? You shouldn't have to pay for that. Why? Because you just posted on Instagram. Oh yeah, I'm not famous yeah. like you. <laughs> no, so 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 yeah. I did that, and that was really really fun, right? And I went in Jack's Miata, mm-hmm. and I've driven a Miata before in in Maui around the road to Hana. Yeah. Oh my gosh, dude, the most fun I've ever had in a car. What? And I like it's so crazy because like in a supercar, you have to be going like 150 down the track to like really feel what it can do and have yeah. fun. But in a Miata, you could be going 30 around a turn and you feel like you're going 200. <laughs> Top down, it is the most bang for buck fun you will ever have. Wow. It's so fun. And it's one of those cars where like I could throw it around. It's a beater. If it breaks, I don't care. I'll mm. fix it. Like yeah. it's it's not that much. Wow. Try Lotus Elise. That'll be the upgrade if I like get tired of the Mazda. Okay. Yeah. Dang, that's cool though. It's so fun. Good wow. You know what? Actually, if you want to one up the the Miata without going to a Lotus Elise, the Honda S two thousand. I looked at it. Great cars. I know. And they're only going up in value. I it's that's it's too expensive you, in no, relation to what I'm starting. It will make you money. No, it'll make you Graham, money. No, if you want to keep it in your bubbles. garage, yes, it'll make you money. No, I don't want to keep it in my garage. You don't have to. There are cars with eighty thousand miles on them that are selling for like thirty k. Yeah, I don't want to do that. 30k I would rather p- spend less than 10 grand on a Miata and beat it up rather than buy an S2000 besides S2000 only goes at the high end when you really pick up speed a Mazda is fun throughout know, all the range but that's what you could you could redline it you could you know just rev it, it this but that's, car's but, but that's the be beauty of the Miata you could you be going 15 miles an hour and drifting and having the blast you, you mm-hmm. could do that in a in an S2000 first gear you, you, you don't see these cars anymore I think you're Car. I would get the S2000. No, they're they're both great. To be to be fair, yeah. Uh, yeah. The Mazda is yeah. at, at the bottom of its depreciation the curve. Other option is the Toyota MR2 Spider. Yep, I looked into that too. Fantastic, yep. good mid-engine car. Yeah. So Graham's yeah. mentality is a little bit different because he's buying it more from like an investment perspective, yeah. whereas for me, I just want to actually drive it which is not smart we're in a car bubble right now grant <laughs> you, you're I, like oh you know we're in a car bubble it's all going up man like, and it's for, like, like that's not for sustainable. me like whenever i see your four gt40 it breaks my heart because i'm like i i would want to i want to drive that like every day but it's just like sitting there and i know why it's sitting because, there because it's grown in value so much yeah, like you, well, you're scared to drive it i get it it's a work of art it is yeah but it's not meant to be it's meant to be driven it's meant I to be enjoyed drive. You don't what? drive I it. Do. Once, a month, the I last... once a month, once I take a it month. Once a month. Once a month, I take it out. Uh, I've never heard it yeah. leave that. I've garage. never seen Graham in that car. Door. I've never heard it. I take it out once a month. <laughs> I feel like uh, I would can, hear that. It's car. Usually, no, no, you don't hear it. It's 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 completely bone stock. The engine is not loud. Okay. Yeah, it's not a loud car. I would yeah. love to straight pipe that car if mm. I could do anything with it. But I, I want to keep it stock. But I'd love to straight pipe it. See, that's uh. what that's a perfect example. Like I want to do it, but I can't because it's gonna devalue it. Ooh. You know what I mean? No, because yeah. I, I I love 
the original condition. There's something about an original car that is special to me. Without tints, without like fancy stuff on it. Oh, I'm with you. Yeah. But I'm, again, I'm not buying it as an investment. I'm buying it to have fun because it's the cheapest way to have the most fun you'll ever That's have. It's a bad mindset, Andre. You should only <laughs> buy investments. Just, just always Terrible collect mindset. money, hoard it, and just die with no, a lot of it. No, buy the S2000 <laughs> and make money on it. Uh, Best gosh. of both worlds, and you can still enjoy it. <laughs> but with the, with the Mazda, it's yeah, already gonna, depreciated. It's yeah, not going to go down in value. Down. No, honestly, I think the Mazda is a great car. I yeah. really like them a lot. I feel and like you could do a lot to them. How, would you ever consider getting one? No. Why? I have too many cars. You said you were considering another one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's an investment. Oh my I, God. I, I, a Mazda Miata wouldn't, like, I don't drive anywhere. So it's like, for me to get a car, it has to be something that's a good investment. Why don't we go to the track and drive it, and then you'll see how fun it can be. I'm sure, but I'm not driving around to the track to, like, go to the grocery store, or, like, <laughs> go down the street to You have, like, four place. other cars to pick from to go to the grocery store. Yeah, but I'm not going to drive that. Because if I, if I drive that, I'll drive one of the other cars. What? Yeah. <laughs> that didn't make sense. I just started If I had the choice then. to drive that, it's going to sit in the driveway. If I had the choice to drive that, I will take another car instead. Okay. Yeah. I can't convince him. No. Yeah. I, I have one interesting thing that I was going to say. It was an interesting comment I saw recently, and we could talk about it or not. Yeah. But it's on this whole car thing and, like, alternative assets. And this guy was making a point. He's like, the only reason a $600 million yacht exists is because people have too much money and they literally don't know what to do with the money. And so I thought that was an interesting subject because clearly you have too much money. You don't even know what to do with your money. You're out here buying cars. And I think it's an interesting subject. They're good investments. I I think you could, you could be passionate about cars. To me, it's like, it's a work of art. Yeah. There, there's something special about certain models of cars that are rare Mm -hmm. and to be able to, but you're not a car, but like you, you buy the Teslas mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, you've never been into cars. Yeah, in that sense, you know? I know. But it's just like it's such like of the of the assets you could buy. Right. Like, let, let's start it off. OK, if you let's say you start having a little bit of money, usually the first thing you might buy is real estate property. Right. From there, you might start buying index funds or stocks or things like that. From there, you might venture into cryptocurrencies, right? Um, From there, you might venture into start getting into these alternative things. And so the only reason these things have this much value is because people literally don't even know what to do with their money. And that's why like a $100 million yacht is like... Because they can afford to take a higher risk on an asset that might not make the money, but they can enjoy it. And that's the same mm -hmm. reason people buy art. And I think if you take all of my alternative investments, mm-hmm. it would be probably less than 8% of my net worth. Okay. Everything, including the GT, the watches, just all everything alternative like that. Yeah. So I think if you look at most people, the majority goes into index funds, real estate. But something that like makes art, um, you know? Yeah. Like, I would love a Keith Haring. Like, that, that to mm. me would be, that's one of my, like, grail pieces is, like, the original Keith Haring, and I could just... Like What's the price? 80 grand. Oh, 50 to 80? Yeah. Oh, there you go. Or more. I mean, it depends. Yeah. But, but I'm talking like a little postcard size thing. I mean, oh, tiny. okay. Because mm. yeah, I, I was I love a Banksy. Yeah. Just any any Banksy. That'd okay. Be awesome. How, how much are you talking for those? I wouldn't buy like an actual one. I don't oh. think I can afford it. Okay. Yeah. How much are they? Yeah. I don't even, like, uh, it depends on what you're getting. A million. But, but there is a company that that kind of fractionalized ownership. Yeah. Yeah. We know about them. Yeah. But they're not sponsoring us. So. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, speaking of all this, uh, Logan Paul just came out with this new... Th- I, I'm still... I, I learned about this like an hour ago because he was posting on a story. It's called... What is it? 99... Problems, uh, but, but an it, NFT ain't one. Yeah, something like that. But know. anyway, I think it's a Polaroid every day. 99 Originals. I think it's a Polaroid every day that gets auctioned off. Oh, interesting. Um, it's interesting. When I did the podcast with him, you know what he does for every guest? He makes him take a Polaroid picture with him. 
cool. And then he posted on his back. We should have cool. done that. Yeah, it's yeah. really cool. That would have been that would have been nice. Yeah. And then we could sell it. Yeah. NFTify yeah. it. Burn it. Create an NFT of it. You laugh now. I just I couldn't burn something good like that. You know what? <laughs> I don't know. You know what I was just thinking yeah. about? We were talking about all these different things to invest in, right? Yeah. NFTs. And there's so many dang NFTs. Yes. Art. Watches. By the way, NFTs like the cars. bottom of the totem pole of alternatives. Yeah. yeah. Just saying. Cars, watches. Um, if you think about stocks, uh, crypto bonds real estate man you think about how many things there are to invest in now nowadays it almost keeps um assets at bay a little bit in terms of their values because there's so many different things because think about it this way right you buy let's say a four hundred thousand dollar gt that's four hundred thousand dollars you could have put in on a stock, but you didn't, Graham. Yeah, and it would have okay. been worth two hundred grand. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> about ten bucks Miata now. With it after. Yeah. <laughs> My Miata. You could buy like four hundred of those. Yeah. <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, you could have put that in an index fund, in Facebook stock, whatever, and that money's just not going there. Or in another real estate property, you could have bought a property here in Vegas for four hundred thousand dollars. Probably not a very good property because price had gone up so much. But you could have bought another property, right? So it takes you out of that market, and I will say it leads to less bubbles. The less thing. You you have to invest in potentially um the more often you could probably get a bubble like imagine stocks didn't exist crypto didn't exist shoot now we all got to just invest in real estate let's say nfts and none of that existed i mean you're more likely to have a i think a real estate bubble in that sort so of you're situation doing us a favor by investing in silver by keeping the bubbles at bay yes yes Go oh my gosh i forgot to even mention <laughs> so that like, gold silver commodities yeah. that's two hundred thousand dollars that you could put into honest stock yeah yeah so you're keeping the bubbles down. Yeah, because yeah. you know if you put two hundred grand into honest, that would be a bubble. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's when you know. Oh gosh. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, uh, that's remember just when you brought that about. silver. That was last I week, love. Andre. We yeah, all remember it. It was literally last week, Andre. What the heck? We all remember that. It was seven days ago. That was the highlight of the, the, the entire was episode. Fun. Was like holding it. Yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Let me hold your Bitcoin. Let me hold your GTO. I can't. Well, you can hold my Bitcoin. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, my gosh. It feels like millions of dollars. Holy smokes, man. That's a You'll own nothing and be happy. Yeah, I know. Come join the dark side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You'll own fake stuff and be happy in it. No, I'm just kidding. No hate. No hate. No hate. Uh, Is it not ironic in the comment section? <laughs> what? The, the arguments we make against each other, that could all be applicable to literally everything we're buying. I, I don't. I don't think a Ford GT is comparable to silver at all. No, I. I, yeah. I agree. I'm no, just it's saying. no, it's yeah. comparable to Dogecoin because clearly you're a huge Dogecoin uh, fan. So that's what it's comparable. So we're, to. we're comparing Dogecoin to silver. <laughs> no, we're com <laughs> now Doge is the GT. They'll both probably lose fifty percent over the next three years. So, what Graham? Once your yeah. little rich buddies there start losing money and start losing their businesses because we go through a recession, they ain't buying no more Ford GTs. You know what? I'm next episode. What I'm going to be curious to ask you about. Yeah about like your upbringing because oh, like you you're painful. you're such an old soul millennial <laughs> i love it so no modern. it's cool graham is too though but he's uh, a little bit more gosh. on the edgier like newer modern side trendier, yeah trendier, yeah, trendier, yeah. and yeah. and jeremy's like the oh my heroes are warren buffett and well know. yeah i got offended because peter Thiel came out yes. uh, did you see that i saw that he, he was dogging on Buffett. Yeah, he did. What do you say? He's true. He's right Talking though. Mad trash. I think he's right. What do you say? He's trying to make out like Buffett's some evil guy who's trying to hold Bitcoin down. Blah blah blah. And it's like, dude, just because 
he doesn't he no, didn't no. believe in his past. No, mean. his main argument was that guys like Warren Buffett have a gerontocracy over finance. Mm. He's like, yeah, it's like those old dudes who just like run all the hedge funds of the world, which just don't get it. Which isn't true at all. He's totally. clueless. He he'll he'll make whatever <laughs> argument is gonna appease like people that don't know what the hell they're talking about. And they're no, like, but, but don't oh, you, yeah, meter till you're right because they they have no but, clue what's really going on. But don't you think he has a point in the sense that finance has traditionally kind of belonged in the hands of the few and the older? Oh, the older, of course, because that's how wealth works. The older is always going to collect the and, and the yeah, few, yeah that's true too. The few and the older, right? Yeah. But but I think that's changing, right? Finance is becoming more democratized. You're seeing you know younger and younger billionaires and millionaires. Mm -hmm. That's that's changing. Yeah, so that's kind of what he's saying is like that's the old guard, and of course they don't get it. Yeah, he came across very aggressive in my opinion. Didn't need to come across. Well, that that's aggressive. why I would love to ask you about your upbringing <laughs> because I I'm curious like why what led to people like that becoming your heroes? Yeah. I mean, well, with Buffett, I mean, it's a great investor, a great businessman at the end of the day, you know, who's, who's, who I think has earned a tremendous amount of respect. And, you know, Peter Thiel deserves respect as well. But, it, you know, for those two guys to disrespect each other, um, well, Buffett doesn't disrespect him. It's more Peter Thiel coming down and trying to knock Buffett down, right? Um, that's just kind of insane. And, it go, and you shouldn't support that, Andre. You're the same guy that a few weeks ago said, Oh, finance YouTubers shouldn't make videos about other finance YouTubers. And here you're sticking up for Peter Thiel coming out and attacking Warren Buffett. Wait, wait, can you right. can you repeat that? Because I didn't I didn't understand that. Wait, wait, wait. What what did you not understand? That last part. Like you said it so fast. Okay. A I few weeks what? ago, you uh -huh. were saying finance YouTubers shouldn't make videos about each other. Right. And now, are you saying it's okay that Peter Thiel talked in that manner and disrespected Warren Buffett no, the way I just he disrespected said he, him? I just said he has a point in the sense that finance has belonged traditionally to the old and the few. Yeah, but that wasn't what he said. And that wasn't, you know, the way he addressed Warren but Buffett. But to, be to be fair, perhaps he knows something about Warren Buffett as far as his role in perhaps the slowed progression of certain things that we want to have progressed. Yeah. You don't know his role in that perspective because you don't know Warren Buffett personally. Yeah. You're not a billionaire. You're not managing trillions of billions of dollars. Yeah. So, I mean, to be fair, we don't know what's actually going on. Yeah. No, but, but no, I agree. Dates, we shouldn't be disrespecting yeah. each other. Yeah. You know, he came down and I think he just came down way too hard. You know, if you, if you want to disagree with somebody, disagree with them, somebody, but the thing is, you know, I see what they're trying to do. They're trying to create these guys over here, are the enemies, we're the right guys, and it's a, it's a great propaganda machine. You know, we're the United States of America. We created the propaganda machine. And so that's what Peter Thiel is trying to create as a propaganda machine around Bitcoin, which has already been created a long time ago. Bitcoin is its own propaganda machine. I will machine. say, though, that people on our level of, like, YouTubers, like, we are so much more insignificant than the people at that level. Yeah. Like, could you imagine if Peter Thiel found out that, like, wait a minute, I tried to get an ETF passed, and this was the guy that paid off the, you know, the lobbies and, and the lobbyists to, like, go against this? Like, mm -hmm. of course I'm going to call him out. Yeah. You have no idea that whether yeah. that happened or not. Yep. So if that was the case, I could see why that might be justified, because the, the, he might be playing a role in perhaps, you know, impeding progress. Yeah, but you could also say the flip side, maybe Buffett knows about some manipulation, all types of stuff that, you know, we don't know about. That happens in the Bitcoin markets, right? So you could, course, you could say that on either side. No, you could but a Bitcoin ETF side. has been pushed down by the banking industry for so long. And I, I feel like that should be out there. Like a spot ETF of Bitcoin, there should be nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I agree with that. But that, that still doesn't uh, come across as, as the whole Buffett thing. So yeah, that's a whole I, other yeah, subject. Yeah, no, I agree with you on the spot ETF, though. I mean, it, it's it's been so easy now to buy Bitcoin on FTX. That if anybody could do it, why not create an ETF of it? Right. That yeah. I could go in one of my accounts and uh, right. buy Bitcoin. Right. 
So I agree with that. So but, Matt, but, yeah. but here's here's the weird part though, is that you would almost have to like take down Bitcoin in the sense of like right now Bitcoin's twenty four seven. Like I go right now, mm-hmm. buy it on the weekends. Spot ETF, it's like is it just not trading after a certain time or yeah. is there like a weekend where it's like, well, I could buy it everywhere else, but I can't buy it here and I mm-hmm. just have to wait for it to open. It's like it's gonna create some weird yeah. dynamics there. Yeah. That's such a funny, like, it, that's a good point, yeah. but it's funny how finance is so old and stale that these are the rules we have to worry about. I would love You can't buy too. it on weekends. Oh my God. Like, okay, didn't change it. Like, I it's so easy. I would love for stocks to be 24-7. I know. Why I not? Why not? I love it. And you just mm-hmm. constantly check. I mean, it's it's same thing as with crypto. You know what I think? I think that will happen. And then we'll be the old guys. It's like, back in my day, you could only buy stocks on weekdays. Yeah, it's weird. Why not? I want to be able to watch. Well, yeah, and I'm sure there was a day when you couldn't do uh, pre-market or after-market. And now, obviously, you can can buy pre-market. You can buy after-market. Even more now. Now they've been opening up. Now you can do, like, pre-pre-market. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Have you seen that? Uh, well, I'm not up at that time. time. Actually, I might still be up at that time. What is it, like 3 a.m.? I don't know what it is. Okay. Just wait until they're really creative and introduce the pre-pre-pre-market. <laughs> That's really innovative. And then the you're night owl market. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Call it the caffeine, the red-eye market. Oh, yeah. That's me. That's my market. <laughs> so, but anyways, you know, uh, I think we, we discussed that whole Peter Thiel disrespecting a Warren Buffett you enough. you make a video on it? No, I'm not. No? No, I'm not. <laughs> Because it just makes me angry that my response to Peter Thiel. (laughs) (laughs) You you never know. I did the video and and, uh, Jeremy told me he was so right. I did a video titled My Response to Dave Ramsey on the second channel. It did really well. 220,000 views in a few days. And Jeremy's like, you should have posted it on the main channel. I'm like, "Ah, you're right. Yeah, you know what, Jeremy's Jeremy gives me really good advice mm. on that. For when it comes to the main channel video topics, mm. Jeremy will sometimes text me. It'll be 11 p.m. at night. This just came out. Do a video on this. It'll do really well if you get it out tomorrow. That's cool. Like, I oh, wish I had man. a friend like that, <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, he just tells me to buy TTCF, and it's always down. Yeah, and and, and I always give I always give Graham the best deals. I offered him my Model Three yeah, for I a great should, price. I should have taken that. I offered him the house I'm about to sell for probably 150k cheaper than what I'm actually going to be able to sell it for now. For which one? Uh, the one we talked about, Andre. The, no, yeah. what are you talking about? His the house. house. Oh, the selling. house. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he offered, it, he offered it to me at a certain price, and <laughs> I did the I did the math on that price, yeah. and I determined sale price is fair. But what am I going to do with it? Yeah. I'm not going to move in yeah. it. I'm not going to use mm-hmm. it as an office, and it doesn't make sense as a rental. Right. Yeah. I can't do anything with it. The car, I felt the same way. The car, I felt like well. It's his Model 3, but it's the long-range performance. Mine's just the standard. That's cool. I don't need another one. Um, so I I should have gotten that. That was yeah. it. Yeah. Should have gotten that. 250K yeah. a year, Andre, and you can get in this uh, Jeremy's well, private, what, private group. What you have this to do, Andre, is live group. in the community, but you didn't buy in here. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, Burn you, me some more about how I wasn't able to afford it. No, at it's did. just the square you footage wasn't it. enough. You could here. you could have afforded it. We, was, we determined that all you had to do was basically say you're going to pay cash, and right. then right before closing, you can get a loan. Right. If I could get it, I don't think I would have gotten one. You would have got. It was too soon. No. Yes. I think you could have done it. I would have bought it for you. I, I was you not about to back. put in all of my net worth into. You could probably do it <laughs> on a 1.4 million dollar house. No, but you wouldn't have to. You would just you because you don't have to pay the entire thing. It's just like I said. You, but you've been closing. in the game for so much longer than me at that time, especially. So like I had no idea if my income was going to go up, if it was going to stay the same, and I wasn't about to make such a big yeah. bet on a maybe. Do you would you, now? This might be too 
big of a question. Would do you think you would have been happier having bought a home here after buying your house? Like just if you could snap financially, your fingers and- I would have been better off financially. Here. Okay. Yeah. But um I probably I actually like my house a lot, considering how much I paid for it. Like literally yep. half the price was like mm-hmm. seven hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. And uh I think if I'm buying here, that's like, for me, that kind of money is like dream home money. Mm. And uh, I think for me, I, I like a different community a little bit better, but yeah. you guys know which one I like. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah. I've, yeah. Um, no, I was just going to say that he clearly doesn't like us. Yeah, that's probably it. He didn't mention anything about, oh, it would have been cool to live next to you guys or anything. Or Yeah. We yeah. gave you the opportunity to that was a good ass. catch 2020. <laughs> that was a good catch 22 you put him in there, Graham. Yeah, I saw what you did yeah. there. But I have that one regret. I don't want to call it a regret, but um, the one house, I think I showed you it with a huge pool in the backyard that was big, like yeah. 6,000 square yep. feet. Mm-hmm. It was $500,000 more than this house. Wow. Yeah. I um, know exactly what you're talking about. With the love sign in the backyard? No. No? No. Oh, gosh, I thought it was that one. No, I was looking at them at the same time, and that one I got down to one nine, and this was one four forty. Yep. But I would have to pay for the pool and all that sort of stuff. So it came out to be like one five fifty, and that would be about like we'll call it one nine. So yeah. different. And I kind of did the math on it, and I was like, well, I don't need something that big. It's more expensive, and I don't get to live next to Jeremy. Mm-hmm. And that was honestly a selling point of like having yeah, a friend course, next door. Yeah. That that meant a lot to me. And uh, looking back, See, especially yeah. in a new city, though, in a new, yeah, right. But I I would have loved the extra space. Right. Uh, yeah. So that's the only thing is now with this place, you, every room is utilized. It's like this office, rem- the other office. Do you yeah. remember one time I showed you a house that I was considering and you were like, no way. This was the exact house I was considering. It was the one in, it's yes. called, you, you remember that I one? remember. Absolutely. Okay. You're like, I love that house. I love that house. It was, like, cool it was dark. Just it was dark. No yeah. natural light. I agree. That was yeah. the one thing that didn't, yeah. It was a great house. Oh, and yeah. that was your friend's your house. Yeah. yeah. Your was, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I I would love a little bit more space at some point, but it's like the hassle of moving. You, but you this house is humongous. It's like forty three hundred square be, feet. It's four thousand square feet. But you get you would be surprised how quickly that just gets filled. <laughs> Where's the extra room? Where where is it? Like I I want a I want a room for like I want a music studio and uh, I want space with music like a drum. Studio. I, yeah, want a I want a bedroom for each of my cars. <laughs> Come on, what is this? <laughs> no, yeah, but yeah, <laughs> no, but yeah, no, but yeah. Wait. That, that reminds me of the house yeah. you toured, and that was a viral video for you back in the day. And what did it have? An elevator lift into the master bedroom? Yes, where for it, a car. That is the most ridiculous yeah, thing. For, now, you want to talk about unrelatable, yeah. Andre. That was so an unrelatable that one, house. when I toured the house, they were asking, what I think, the, $20 million or $22 million. Okay. Now, they're on the market for $30 million. And now they could probably finally get the but 20, that, yeah. but they always... But but no, I don't think he could. No, 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 no. I think that guy, he has a cool house and he put it up, up on the market at a price where it's like, if someone's willing to pay him that, he'll move. Mm. But he was, he's such a, he was, I think he's so attached to the property because he put mm. everything that he has into mm-hmm. a property and that's like his, his baby is that house. Yeah. So I think he's so attached to it. It's so custom that it would take like some crazy offer. I think it's kind of gross to have your car in your bedroom. I wouldn't, you know, like you hit some bugs and it's just kind of nasty. Yeah, but it, there's a window in between. Oh, there was. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I thought yeah. it actually brought it like no, next to your bed. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, there's a window in between. Okay. Window in between. Yeah. Jeez. Dang. Well, anyways. Now that's a, your type of house, Andre. What? That's what you want, right? No. Three bedrooms, 30,000 no, square feet. I'm trying feet. to practice gratitude and scaling down because the more I notice myself making more money and numbers become kind of meaningless. Mm. <clears throat> I notice myself like 
it, my level of base level happiness keeps going up. And I think that's so unsustainable mm. because after a certain point, you're like, uh, I have to pay a lot of money to just be like base level happy. Yeah. Whereas I was really normally happy in a 1500 square foot normal house. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think it gets away from you so fast. Yeah. That makes so sense. fast. Like I, I noticed the things that I used to like covet and be like, oh, I need to have it in my life. It makes me so happy. And then mm -hmm. I get them and it's awesome for like a week or a month or whatever. And then afterwards it's like, what next? Yeah. Right. And then it's like, you got to try a McLaren. Yeah, I did though. <laughs> I did. And then it was, okay, it was like, yeah. okay. I will say though, that I'm the kind of person that actually lives vicariously through others. Like mm. the fact that you guys live your high flying lifestyles is so high cool. Flying but life relatively, life. think about it. You guys are though. You high guys, flying lifestyle. No, I know. That's it, it's so funny. Cause your guys is uh, like, perspective of what you think is a yeah. high-flying lifestyle is is yeah a different level i get mm -hmm. it but to average people yours is already yeah. right and so i don't know man uh i i love living through others like i mm -hmm. i can appreciate everything graham's into like i i totally can relate with like his obsession and love for the the fish tank and his car obsession yeah. like i love that it, it's so cool and and your obsession with silver like, and silver and <laughs> I, <laughs> I have three thousand dollars worth of silver i just want to be very clear about that three thousand yeah, dollars as of right it, you've now you've been talking it like, up man no a I, lot. like i get it i'm not i'm not ever gonna criticize yeah. you or or think less of you for yeah. enjoying the finer things in life i i figured out for myself i don't need to own that thing to enjoy it yeah that makes does sense. that make sense yeah there's very few things i'm like do i really need to own it though well that's an issue with you talking about the high flying lifestyle when you start making a lot of money or have a lot of money you start getting connected with people that have a lot more money than yes you. this is true in your lifestyle you like you don't even think about it as high flying because you know this person and you've adjusted like, yeah they got 10 houses all over the world and they you know their average house is you're 20 like, million dollars real level yeah and then you get to that level and you're like oh gosh now i know billionaires exactly. and their yachts that's what i really need and that's yes. what i'm saying it's like it's a never-ending bottomless pit yeah and 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 it's cool like i love love people's ambition and passion to get it. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying like, ah, oh, it's just so, it's so materialistic. It's not, yeah. I love that. It's cool. I just, I don't need to own it yeah. to, to like love how cool it is. Mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, Graham, your high flying lifestyle. <laughs> I don't know, my, my $23 all you can eat sushis. Here's Graham man. pretends like, like he's frugal, but he's not. I uh, am. What do I do? The aquarium, and the, the car's an investment. The, aqua <laughs> the aquarium is the only thing that costs me money. I think that you can justify anything in life as an investment. it makes me money. If yes. I'm losing money, there's, there's nothing that I do that loses me money. The aquarium is something that loses me money, and the food is something that loses me money because I'm spending money on food. But the food is not that expensive. You're looking, at it from, you're looking at it from one lens that is very subjective, right? People could say, well, I'm investing in my health. I'm spending so much money on supplements and these things because I'm investing in my health. Or yeah. I'm investing in my happiness. I don't care if it's losing me money. It's I'm investing in different things. So yeah, you but, can justify anything as an investment. No, but but if it goes up in value, and the, the point was that you buy something, how is that value. more? How is that more important than someone's happiness? Just because like if I like, you're able to get the same enjoyment out of it. Like like a perfect example when I was nineteen, I bought the Lotus Elise. Okay. 
30K. And yes. I bought that car because it wasn't going to cost me money. Right. I sold it two years later for 30K. Right. I got the same enjoyment. I, I got the same experience okay. for free. Fair. Okay. I like to do things I'll give for you the free. counterpoint to that. Yes. I went to Maui. I lost five grand going there, but I had the blast. I had time of my Should life. Have done credit I don't card care training. that I lost money, but it's a memorable experience that I'll remember for the rest of my life. How is that any less important? Because you could have done that with credit cards for free, got the same experience, and paid zero dollars. I know I could have. Yeah. I could do it in the future. Yeah, it's not exactly. like I threw away the opportunity. So I'm not saying to. it's a bad experience, but you could find a way to get that exact same experience for free. And for and not for, all and things, for me, I think that's the case. I get the experience of owning a Ford GT for but, free. But I'm just telling yes. you, not all things like that in life are like that. Agreed, and that's why I got the aquarium. Well, there we go. The aquarium. So is we the don't one disagree. Thing. Yeah, but but the high flying life, I'm I'm like. Every, everything f- everything is basically done to make make a $40,000 aquarium is not a frugal thing that you can just discount and say like well but when, you look, when people spend this much on this that's wrong but here's but the thing I, yeah. it's okay if i have like a $40,000 exception but, here and there but here's the thing is that when yeah. you look at it in terms of a percentage of either net worth or income it's it's it's, it's probably way less than most people would spend on an aquarium when you look at percentage and that's something that I built up to over time. It's right. not like just one day is, oh, I've spent 40000 That That was after 12 years of, of working and saving and investing to be able to do something like I that. I don't but think ev- frugality works in percentages. I think it's objective. You're either frugal and you don't spend much money or you aren't frugal and it, you justify to things. To be fair, Graham is the most frugal person I know. I take the food to go. Jeremy, no. she's, Jeremy's at a restaurant I don't know anybody so more like frugal than him that, up, yeah. that um, as a percentage of their net worth. I, no, in frugal, cheap, whatever you want to call no. it. Are you saying so. Jeff Bezos doesn't live a high-flying lifestyle because he spends such a low percentage of his net? Exactly, that's exactly. That's just as true. Like, yo, well, I got this $100 million yacht, but who cares? <laughs> I got a hundred bill. <laughs> like, okay, dude. Like, that's literally what you're saying. And, my, and it's appreciated $25 million yeah. in the yeah, past exactly. year. Yeah, uh, exactly. I sold it to Putin for twice are, that uh, much. All right, Andre, you cal- have a good point. Andre, I'll there, give there you that There are calculated one. expenses that I know I'm going to spend money on. I think you're a hypocrite in the sense that you justify what you think is important and what other people think is important, well, that's not as important because money. No, because I think there are there are ways to get the same experience for free. And yeah, if, that's, and, and that's between true. the two, if, if I have one thing that's money and one thing that's free and they're like 99% the same thing, I'll pick the free option. Regardless uh, I'll pick the option that makes me happiest even if it loses money. Well, I get 99%. Like, for example, experience. perfect example yeah. is the Miata example. Yeah. I, I knew that I could buy a Lotus and it'll probably stay the same, whereas maybe a Miata might depreciate Ooh. a little bit more. Have you driven a Lotus Elise yet? <laughs> Hold on. We're getting too ahead of ourselves. <laughs> right, okay. I'm just saying, right. I could have, I could purchase it from that perspective, but I only choose to do it from the perspective of if I wreck it, I don't care. That's six grand loss, not the mm. end of the world. Yeah, but that's why you have insurance. The insurance payouts on Lotuses are huge because they cost so much to repair. Right. And so if you get your stated value higher than your purchase price, which finding, a, you know. I love how he's car, got an answer for everything. It's true, though. <laughs> I know. It's just it's funny. True. It's just funny. If you get a Lotus Elise <laughs> and you pay 40 grand for it, you Hold can on. do a stated Hold value on. for insurance of but 50. Again, yeah. you are making a choice yes. that is more financially driven rather than one that what I'm making, which is more purely driven on myself and fun. But have you driven a Lotus Elise? <laughs> I have. You have? I have. And you call that more fun than a Miata only because you wouldn't you wouldn't care if you wrecked the Miata? The fact that I could throw it around and not care and not be worried. But and so it's it is not financially take, driven. It's, it's not financially up, driven in another it's way. It's not taking up a headspace in me at all. It's like it's it's the best because I can but have fun without worrying about it. at the core, it. it's financially driven for you. It's what am I going to care about less because it's going to cost less money. 
and the Miata is going to cost less money. So the Elise, no. if you didn't care about the Elise, which is more fun? I'm getting the, the same amount of fun. I would get the same <laughs> amount of fun whether I bought the Elise or the Miata. I promise. You promise? Get the same, I, <laughs> I drove a Lambo STO, a Ferrari 488, I, I, a GTR yeah. 3RS yes. on the track, and then a Miata. So, so you're telling me that the Lotus is really what's going to do it. Such so a flamboyant lifestyle. So I've driven a lot of those cars too. Actually, in fact, I really wanted a uh, Gallardo. And this okay. is before I bought one of the duplexes, yep. and I test drove the Gallardo. Yep. And I went back in the Lotus. I'm like, I have more fun in the Lotus. Yeah. It was so much better. That's Yeah, exactly. Yes. You don't need to spend crazy money to like have fun but maybe if you wanted a better investment the Guillardo might have been better i will say that you know i'll I'll bring in something so graham and i like i'm not gonna mention the name of the restaurant but we like this one restaurant in town very much we go there twice a year Mm -hmm. and one of the reasons is yeah you know what i'm talking about and one of the reasons is it's if you go there more often you start taking it for granted so we try to go twice a year because if you went let's say we go in once a month right it, it loses some place? pizzazz. Yeah, kind of. yeah, okay. kind of. Uh, it loses some pizzazz, right? Now imagine you go once a week. All of a sudden, now it's just like it's so regular to you, right? Right. It's kind of like if you treat yourself to I don't know. Some people like to treat themselves to like a Starbucks frappuccino. If you go to Starbucks every day and get a frappuccino, it's not <laughs> oh, a bankroll frappuccino. <laughs> there you go. It's not special to you anymore. But if you go like once a month or once every few months, it's like oh, this is like a treat, you know? So. Yeah. No, I always equate it to like giving my dog chicken, right? It's like if I give him kibbles every day, he's so happy when he gets chicken. If I give mm-hmm. him ki- chicken every day, he'd eat it. But then the next time I'm like, yo, I'm giving you chicken. He's not going to beg for it. And he's so happy yeah. and excited. Yeah. And I know it's, you know, it's a dog, but our level of happiness works very similar ways. Like yeah. your base level becomes whatever you're comfortable at, whatever you live at. Yeah. And so I think it's important to practice that like, you know, yeah, like you said, moderation. Exactly. And it's, it's easy once you get a lot of money because then these things that are used to be out of realm, right? right. Like you could go, you know, I remember Alex Hormozzi, when you had him on, he, he brought this up and it's a great point. He says, you know, he could go out for an expensive dinner every single night, every single night, right? And so no longer do you even respect that expensive dinner anymore. If you eat at a, you know, right. a Michelin star restaurant every night of your life, that just becomes the norm, right? And so it's not even like a special experience to you anymore because this is now your norm. Right. So um, I think that's for everybody watching this that, you know, gets to a point where these things become easy to you. I think actually restricting yourself can be really powerful in in a great feeling um, than indulging in those things all the time. Let's put it that way. Yeah. If you put it in finance terms, Graham, it's like the difference between I can either make more money or save more money. The end result is I'll have more money, but it's the same way. It's like I could either reach for more happiness by having more stuff or I could moderate it by having less and appreciating what I have. Mm-hmm. That's if you're deriving it, yeah. happiness from things, though. So I think that's or a the whole accumulation other of things, which I think is Graham is that he likes to collect. Which I, 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 deep. It's the challenge of collecting. I right. love the collection. Right. I love mm. a good old collection. Yeah. yeah. What I was trying to say is the, the more stuff I found myself having, the more stuff I, the more I think about it, how to protect uh, yeah. it, how yeah. do I make sure it doesn't get stolen, damaged, like. How do I like it's it's the maintenance aspect of owning stuff yeah. that I think is o- over time weighs on me. And I, mm-hmm. I can't comment that for Graham because maybe he has like an infinite capacity to own an unlimited amount of stuff without worrying about it. Mm-hmm. But I'm not like that. Like if the more stuff I own, the more I'm like, oh, I got to make sure like this is ta- do I still have this? Yes, this, this is safe. That's yes. why you have people handle that. 
<laughs> you hire people that handle yeah, those sorts of things. I was just thinking you were, you were saying that, and I was thinking of Jay Leno's car collection. Like, right. who pays the registrations on all of this car? Yeah, somebody that handles all that right. for him. Oh, do, say, do you yeah. remember Mr. Money Mustache? Yes. Okay, so one of his, he, he did a really interesting presentation where he said, Let, let's think about, like, what it means to be happy, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I guess it's like a house and uh, just a house. Like, you, you, have, you have a place to live. Mm-hmm. Like, are you really happy yet? No, you, you need some food and then maybe a fire to keep yourself warm. Are you really happy now? He's like, no, nah, you probably want a companion, right? So let's add a, a girl. And he's like drawing stick figures. It was a really cool like, little presentation. And then he keeps adding more stuff to it. And he's like, are you really happy now? He's like, no, I mean, like, you really need a bigger house, right? You need to upgrade. Mm. All right, let's draw a bigger stick figure house. And so he gives him a bigger house. And he's like, are you really happy now? No, because now you have a bigger house. You have a bigger thing to maintain. You got to hire people. And I got to maintain those. And then he takes it to such an extreme level. Like before you know it, he's living in a castle with 50 cars, <laughs> with 15 airplanes. Yeah. And he's like, are you really happy now? He's like, no, because like, you know, even though you have maids and stuff, let's just keep you in bed. Because now you don't have to do anything. Let's give you a catheter. So now you can just pee while you're in bed. And if you take that level to like an extreme, it's like now you're not living. Yeah. You're letting other people live. Mm-hmm. And I've actually noticed this in myself, like in, on a small level in the sense of like, like I used to cook. Mm-hmm. I love cooking. I enjoyed it. But now it's like a chore and I'm like, oh, I got to like just buy something. And it's way quicker because my time's more important. Oh, yeah. And it removes what life is. Well, like the little minute tasks that you think are lame yeah. is to an extreme level what makes life life. And if you take it to an extreme like this guy did, then you're just in bed and you're just doing your business in bed like yeah. what is the point anymore so yeah you know there was a lot there andre and there's like a million places we can take that but right. I'll, I'll bring it out like this um you you were obviously mentioning like you know time and like you spend time uh, yes. cooking right yes. and it's like i could have made money doing this instead and like this isn't a good use of my time so i had an issue with that you know many many years ago where i started viewing my life in kinds of like like uh, I make such an amount of money per hour, and if I'm working, I make this, and if I do this thing, it's not. But then I started viewing it a little more powerfully where I've, I, I said, this is worth me sacrificing the money that I could be making over here for this thing because it matters to me. So if it's like family time, and it could actually become more powerful because then you know, you it's not like it's just free time. You're, you're sacrificing money, but it means that much to you to spend that time with that friend or that family member or to cook if that's something you enjoy or going running, right? Whereas um, to me, I think it's it's worth even more and it matters even more to you when you're, a, you're sacrificing something to enjoy that other thing and you know you're sacrificing money, right? And to other people, it can mean a lot more. Because if you, let's let's imagine you have two friends, right? You know, one friend, and let's say you like them both equally, right? They're, they're, they're super nice to you, they're funny, whatever charismatic one friend uh sits around on his couch all day right and has all the time in the world your other friend has you know uh businesses and he's super busy but he's also rich right you know whose whose time means more to you right? right this guy can spend time with you anytime this guy's got a very finite amount of time so you know if he's spending time with you he really cares about you a lot right whereas this guy's kind of like ah oh, you know I, i'm ready to hang out whenever man right so I think those are those are kind of ways to think about it. And I get back to the other point you were breaking. I follow, by the way. I'm not. Okay. I agree 100 okay. with everything you said. It, it it's it's a great addition to what I said. Yeah. Yes. 100. And then the last part is, you know, you kind of keep taking it back to this thing of like, 
giving things because you have things, it brings you happiness or not happiness, right? right? And I think that's definitely a, a rat hole that people can get caught up into. I think for somebody like a Graham or or myself or other other folks, I think the way we look at it is it's something to do that we think is fun, mm -hmm. right? Is uh, you know, like for me, I like collecting stocks, right? I like increasing ownership of companies. So mm -hmm. I like to still work because I want to get more ownership of the company. I know we can laugh at my stocks right now or honest or whatever, right? But I want more ownership in those companies. I'm never satisfied. And so for me, that's fun. Um, and I've found a good balance between like family life or friends or whatever you want to call it and and still pursuing that. Because at the end of the day, like you could technically like once you get a lot of money, you could just sit on a beach all day. Exactly. But to me, that doesn't sound like a great time. Right. Yeah. So that that's where it kind of comes back to like what what's that that right work life balance I guess you can say sure. so and I know Graham has a kind of similar philosophy because we were talking about this a few weeks ago and you you mentioned uh, like what we were talking about what the American dream is and you mentioned freedom like the the power to do what you want when you want to do it and yeah. things like that and I thought that was pretty pretty powerful I think we all want the same thing we all want freedom it's just how we want to get there is different and what we view our freedom to be as different and like the circumstances that we want to find ourselves in, mm -hmm. right? Like, what do you want to be free from? Yeah. For me, it's free, free from stuff, free from just stress, free mm -hmm. from like needing to work for someone else. Like basic core concepts that are staples, I'm sure in many people's ideas, Yeah. but everything you said, I agree. I, I'm not in disagreement. It's, it makes yeah. a lot of sense. Yeah. 100%. Uh, but I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where like, like the idea of everything you've said, it, works in in theory but not always in practice as mm -hmm. as practically as as you think right i don't know if, sure if you if you've ever come across that but like i've found myself hanging out with people and i'm just like man like how much is this costing me and i'm mm. and then i have to stop myself and think like i shouldn't be thinking like this this is not <laughs> this is not a like a yeah. healthy way to part think. of me thinks that if you're thinking that way it's not that fun to begin with like right if you're right so but 100 percent. Yeah, yeah but still it's like not everything's gonna be fun and the most enjoyable thing ever and I don't know. you know sometimes i think about that but i'm not having a good time to begin with but the right. times where i'm really in the moment having a great time it's like you don't even care right but even so. even then if you're not having fun it's it's still sometimes nice to just you know mm -hmm. hang out with people whatever spend time even if you're not enjoying it's not your favorite thing it's mm -hmm. just still you know. yeah Let's wrap it up. <laughs> I don't know what to say. How do you want to end? That, that's how you do it. Let's wrap it up. So with that, oh, oh, we forgot to ask people to subscribe in the beginning. Mm. Guys, we forgot to ask you to subscribe in the very beginning. So uh, how about this? Just subscribe really quick. It's totally free. Hit the like button for the YouTube algorithm. Comment down below also for the YouTube algorithm so it recommends us to a brand new audience who could also comment and hit the like button and subscribe. So thank you guys so much for watching. Thank you also to FTX for sponsoring the video. And till next week. Peace. You can probably treat yourself to an ad-free upgrade, or at least grab an extra latte. After getting a Chime checking account with features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe, no minimum balance requirements, and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at Chime.com goals24. That's Chime.com goals24. Chime. Feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.